The atomic age was a term used to describe a futuristic world filled with possibility. But by the 1960s, the threat of nuclear war was making Americans uneasy about what they'd created. That uneasiness was reflected in comic books. And in 1962, two men named Bruce Banner and Peter Parker were transformed into superheroes by radioactive accidents. Backstory producer Ramona Martinez takes a deeper look at these heroes and how their stories reflect America's relationship with atomic power. The early 1960s was a time of fear, paranoia, and alien space invaders. Fin Fang Foom, or, or Gugam, Son of Goom, or Krakadoom, or Brutu, or Grutu, or, or <laughs> Kalutu. At least, that's the way it was in comic books. Every month, the Earth was being in danger of being taken over. This is Professor Jim Kekalius, author of The Physics of Superheroes. And in one issue in particular, I'm a, a big fan of, Tales to Astonish number 13. Earth was being attacked by Groot from the planet X. This is the same Groot, by the way, who would later on turn out to be a good guy in the Guardians of the Galaxy. But when he first appeared in, in the comics, he was actually trying to take over the Earth. In the story, the military tries to stop him, and they can't do anything about it. And this one scientist, Evans, figures out um, how to uh, take out Groot and how to incapacitate him. It involves, like, mutated super termites. It's not very, not very uh, uh, sophisticated. But in the very last panel of this comic book, uh, the sheriff of the town says, when he hears... Evan's plan says, well, I'll be. I never even thought of that. And another townsperson next to the sheriff says, that's why Evans is a scientist and you're only a sheriff. And then we see Evans and his wife embrace and Evan's wife says, oh, darling, forgive me. I'll never doubt you again. Never. This was standard fare for comic books. A bad guy shows up, a scientist comes up with the solution, and the day's saved. And Kekalia says that Americans had tremendous faith in science, given the technological advances of the 20th century. You could not escape the changes that science and engineering were, were uh, introducing into everyone's lives. And because science informed what happened in comic books, it makes sense that atomic power shaped their storylines. Of course, science fiction writers and readers uh, would have been very interested in everything that was at the forefront of technology. Sean Howe is the author of Marvel Comics, The Untold Story. The first superhero comic book, Superman, was published in 1938. Uh, and that was the same year that nuclear fission was discovered. Atomic power was this really terrifying specter. This is Glenn Weldon, an editor at the NPR Arts Desk. But it was also, uh, think about it, it was about five years into the space race. So technology, including atomic technology, was a means to realize a kind of utopian future. Uh, atomic power at this point is a very powerful, unpredictable, unknowable thing. It's essentially magic. That magic allows us to believe in a world where scientists don't just come up with the solution to Earth's problems the way that that scientist dealt with Groot. The scientists become the solution. So in 1962, atomic magic transformed two ordinary men into ubermen, 
into something they could never have been before the accident. The Incredible Hulk and Spider-Man became superheroes, but they didn't have a choice. So this is from Incredible Hulk, May 1962. Bruce Banner is a scientist. Don't worry about what kind of scientist. He's just scientist. Uh, stationed out in the desert. He's got a white coat. That's, that's, that's the simple iconography of comics here. Dr. Bruce Banner and his fellow scientists are about to detonate an experimental gamma bomb. It's supposed to be a big day for him professionally. Everything changes for Bruce Banner when uh, a joyriding teenager named Rick Jones uh, drives into the test site. This punk kid in a Jeep out there in the middle of the field uh, playing a harmonica. As funny as this may initially seem, this kid is about to blow up. And I'm not talking about his harmonica career. Bruce Banner realizes that this bomb is about to go off, this gamma bomb. And he uh, panics. And he runs out. And he almost makes it. He does save the kid. He actually, he manages to push the kid uh, into a ditch, but he does not have enough time to save himself. And he takes the full blast of gamma radiation. This experience that Banner undergoes is, uh, I think, one of the most haunting uh, series of images in comic books at that time. Uh, there's a close-up of his face screaming in agony. And you see it transform him. You see all, all these light and shadow dance across his face. The caption reads, The world seems to stand still trembling on the brink of infinity, and his bar-splitting scream fills the air. And then we cut to him in a hospital bed still screaming. Doctors tell him it's a miracle he survived and that he absorbed the full impact of the gamma rays. Banner's head begins to pound, and a nearby Geiger counter, which measures radiation, starts clicking rapidly. In agony, he begins to transform into a monster. The idea here is that this transformation is a painful one. It is one that takes a lot out of him. It's one that uh, completely upsets who he is. No longer a handsome scientist, Bruce Banner has turned into the Incredible Hulk. The Hulk is a creature of infantile rage and tremendous destructive power. But it's not permanent. It's this cross between Frankenstein and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Sometimes he looks like himself. Other times, he looks like a hulking gray monster. Yes, in the original comic, he was gray and not green. When we see Bruce Banner, uh, and he is not the Hulk, uh, he, he talks of the Hulk as this horrible thing that he never wants to be again. He understands how destructive he is. It's a, it's a tension that plays out, and over the course of many years, different writers, different artists have dealt with it in different ways, but that, that's the central tension of the character, this fear of letting go, this fear of... <laughs> toxic masculinity. Bruce Banner embodies both good and evil, yin and yang, and thus the ambivalence Americans felt about atomic power. And a few months later, Marvel introduced another character whose story hit even closer to home. Uh, sp- uh, this is Amazing Fantasy number 15, August 1962. Peter Parker... He's a high school student. He's a very nerdy one in a sweater vest and glasses. And 
he goes up to his to what he thinks are his friends and asks if they want to go and after school to visit the uh, science hall because there's a, a very interesting experiment in radioactivity. He's in fact mocked. They, being kids, of course, make fun of him. Say, "Absolutely not! What What are you thinking?" And he goes anyway. At the science hall, there's a demonstration on how to control radioactive rays. But then, fate intervenes. A spider uh, descends from the ceiling, happens to intersect one of these radiation blasts. We see the spider um, drop between two sort of nodes, brilliantly lit. As it's dying from irradiation, the spider uses its last bit of strength to take revenge on these science nerds. Ow! And bites Peter Parker. His reaction is not quite as as violent as, say, the Hulk's. Almost immediately, there is a feeling of great energy coursing through his body. He gets dizzy. Uh, he goes outside. I, I need some air. And he is so consumed with what's happened to him that he doesn't see a car barreling toward him. But he senses it, and he jumps and lands on a wall and sticks to it. It's incredible. Which is how he learns that this... A uh, spider has imbued him with the strength of a spider, the ability to climb walls, and also uh, extraordinary spidey senses. And so now we see that this is going to be a, a pretty big day. And even though his body has been arguably upgraded by atomic power, he still has to deal with everyday life. Which is why, you know, he's a good representation of radiation and superheroes, that, that, that relationship, because he is a contradiction. He is both the burden of, of what nuclear power can do, what atomic energy can do, what, what uh, radio, radioactive blood can do, and also uh, its, its potential boon, its potential benefits. The most famous line from Spider-Man is, say it with me, with great power comes great responsibility. When you're a kid and you read Spider-Man comics, you love the great power stuff. Uh, all that's all the exploits, all the all the punching and the fighting and the and the and the daring do. But uh, what they were aiming for, who were they they were trying to resonate with, of course, were adolescents and adults who are going to read this book, and that's where the responsibility comes in. It's not just that Peter Parker gets more responsibility; his life is upended by his new power. His uncle. Um who, along with his aunt, has raised him, uh, is, is shot by a burglar that Peter Parker himself could have, have caught earlier. Uh, he continues to suffer at the hands of his classmates. Um, and eventually, uh, you know, the, the, the great tragedy of, of Peter Parker's life as Spider-Man is the death of his beloved Gwen Stacy at the hands of the Green Goblin. Uh, something that obviously would not have happened had he not become Spider-Man. Sounds like a pretty mixed bag to me. So what are we supposed to conclude about atomic power from these stories? I reached out to atomic culture scholar Margot Henriksen. Maybe some of these comic superheroes recognize that there are pitfalls to this kind of technology. Uh, but largely speaking, they seem to be lionized and they're heroes. Since the U.S. was the only nation that had actually used these weapons, Henriksen believes it was difficult for Americans to acknowledge the true dangers of atomic power. 
I'm not even sure to this day that Americans have come to terms uh, with the horror of these weapons. Um, but maybe the superheroes were an attempt to grapple with that, maybe an attempt on some levels to bind that power. But I still think that the superheroes who claim their powers because of radiation or anything related to uh, atomic power, nonetheless, give a sort of sheen of somehow respectability or acceptability to these powers to mutate and deform uh, through atomic power. So I think they're somewhat problematic. At the time, atomic power was both a means of saving the human race and a means of annihilation. But in the case of these two heroes, Atomic power doesn't save them. It annihilates any trace of a normal life. Producer Ramona Martinez told that story. 